Hi, welcome to Travel Time. Today we're talking about a stop we took when my youngest and I went on a road trip through Pennsylvania and Maryland over this past summer. We've headed out towards Pennsylvania and our first stop was Fort Necessity. And this was a place that we stopped partially because I'd never heard of it before. And it was just a fun place to stop on the way to Antietam. So we were driving into Antietam and we were going to stay in Hagerstown for the night. But we decided to stop at Fort Necessity. So I want to start out with just a little bit about Fort Necessity, just to set the context, because before I went, I only knew that it was a battle in the French and Indian War, and I didn't know much else about it, so I thought I would share a little bit. So this this fort goes back to the summer of 1754, and it was considered the opening action of the French and Indian War. The war would actually end with the removal of French power from North America and help set the stage for the American Revolution. It was a clash of American, Indian, British, and French cultures, and the French and Indian War also spread around the world and was known as the Seven Years' War. And so it became pretty much a global war, ending in 1763 with the French power moved from not just North America, but also India. The incident was also the first major event in George Washington's military career, and marks the only time he ever surrendered to an enemy. The French and English had rival claims in the vast territory along the Ohio River between the Appalachians and the Mississippi, with tensions running high around 1750 and on. The Ohio Company was a group of prominent Englishmen and Virginians who held a grant of 200,000 acres in the upper Ohio River Valley. A road was planned, and they began to open a road to the Monongahela River. The French, meanwhile, were coming southwest and south and west from Fort Niagara and Lake Ontario, and they were driving out English traders to try to claim the Ohio River Valley for France. So by 1753, tensions were starting to mount, and it was learned that French had built Fort Presqu'île near Erie and Fort Leboeuf in part of Ohio country claimed by Virginia. So Governor Robert Dinwiddie of Virginia sent an eight-man expedition under George Washington to warn the French to withdraw. Washington was 21 at the time, and when he made the journey in midwinter 1755, it ended with the French telling him they were not going anywhere. So Washington came back, conveyed that message to Dinwiddie. And even before the message was received, Governor Dinwiddie had sent a small force to build a fort at the Forks of the Ohio, where Pittsburgh now stands. In April 1754, the stockade was barely finished when the French drove out the Virginians and built a larger fort on the same site, calling it Fort Duquesne. After the Marquis Duquesne, governor of New France, also in April 1754, George Washington, who is now a lieutenant colonel, went west with a new regiment of Virginians to build a road to the Monongahela River at Redstone Creek, so present-day Brownsville, Pennsylvania, approximately. And then he was going to defend the English fort on the Ohio. When he reached Wills Creek, the fort with the forks, now Fort Duquesne, was in French hands. He pushed on to Redstone Creek, and by the end of May, he was well past Wills Creek when the commander of the regiment, Colonel Joshua Fry, arrived there with the rest of the Virginia regiment. So in late May of 1754, Washington reached a place known as the Great Meadows. So it's a large natural clearing between some copse of trees um, in the woods. And it had grass to feed the arrivals and water. So it was a critical resting place for them and a place where they made camp and were able to kind of regroup and get the animals some food. 
He heard that a French group of soldiers were camping nearby, so on May 27th, George Washington and about 40 men marched to confront the men and find out why they were there. The night was quite dark when they were marching, and the trail was often hard to find or obscured. Around dawn, George Washington and the friendly Seneca chief, the half-king, planned to contact the French camp. There were no sentries there, so they easily surrounded the French. A shot was fired by someone, and no one's really sure who, and the gun was filled with musketry sounds and powder. The whole skirmish lasted about 15 minutes, and at the end, 13 French were dead, 21 captured, but one escaped back to Fort Duquesne. The English had killed, had one killed, and two or three wounded, and the Glen was later known as Jumonville Glen. The Glen was later named this after Joseph Coulon de Jumonville, who died there. French, the French claimed there were attacks without cause by George Washington, and the English questioned why if they were on a diplomatic mission, they were hidden in a relative in a ravine for days without contacting George Washington for the diplomatic mission. George Washington was concerned following the skirmish that a bigger attack would come, so he backed up to his position at the Great Meadows, and at the very end of May and beginning of June, he built a circular fort, which is called Fort Necessity. In early June, he learned that Colonel Joshua Fry was killed at Wills Creek, so George was now promoted to colonel and assumed control of the Virginia Regiment. The rest of the Virginia Regiment arrived June 9th with supplies and some cannon, nine swivel guns, and now totaled about 293 officers and men, and received 100 more men several days later from South Carolina. Washington couldn't retain his Indian allies, though, and they departed. July 2nd, Fort Necessity was strengthened with better trenches outside the stockade, and on July 3rd, 600 French and 100 Indians approached and took up positions in the woods. And so the woods surround the entire Great Meadows, as I mentioned before. The British withdrew to their trenchments, rain fell through the day, and they continued fighting through the day. They fought until around 8 p.m. when Captain Louis Coulon de Vieux, commander of the French and brother of Jumonville, requested a truce to discuss a surrender. Near midnight, the terms were written out and George Washington signed. It's important to note that George Washington didn't speak French. Terms of the surrender included British withdrew with, with honors of the war, including their baggage and weapons, but surrendered the swivel guns and the fort over to the French. And one clause had stated that Washington was guilty of assassinating Jumonville, he denied this and stated the translation he was given was not assassination, but death. So the document he signed was entirely in French, and he was reliant on translators to tell him what it said, and he held that it was mistranslated to him. The admission, though, was used heavily by the French to discredit the English, and the British ended up leaving July 4th. Washington went on to fight under Braddock at the approach to the Forks of the Ohio, using the road that his men had built when they crossed the Monongahela. Later at the Battle of Monongahela, Braddock was mortally wounded and died. And interesting to note here that he died on July 13th while the army was camped about a mile west of Fort Necessity. He was actually buried in the road they built, and the army marched over the road to obscure signs of the grave so that he would not be disturbed. They were worried that the French would come and desecrate the, the grave of the general. And overall, the battle ended up being a massacre for the British. Lots of deaths and lots of casualties. But after the war, Braddock Road remained a main road. In 1804, they actually found human remains in the road where the Braddock was supposed to have been buried, and, and officers' uniform buttons consistent with 
products ring. So the remains were reinterred and a marker raised in 1913 in the spot. In 1806, a national road began construction and closely paralleled the route of Braddock Road. It stretched from Cumberland, Maryland to Vendelia, Illinois by the 1930s, and it was the first federally funded highway. Um, It became ultimately U.S. Route 40 for the most part in many of the sections. So these are all things that you can see right around the area of Fort Necessity. We started out our visit at the Visitor Center And they have a good film about the battle that you can read for a little bit of the history and perspective. And they also have some really nice exhibits about not just the battle and the war, but also on the National Road. And because it was built right through, in fact, the entrance to Fort Necessity lays on part of the old National Road. And you you can even visit a tavern there that used to be a tavern on the National Road where a lot of people would stop on their way east or west. We finished at the center. We walked to the reconstructed fort, which stands in the Great Meadow. It's about 200 yards away from the visitor center. It's a fairly flat paved path, so it's a pretty easy path to get to. There are markings in the meadow showing where the tree line was in 1754, so you can better visualize. Right now, the trees are fairly further back in most of the places, and in some cases, very much further back than they would have been at the time of the battle. There are markers all through the field that you can very easily see this is the tree line at the time of the war. We did not do the hike, but you can hike to Jumonville Glen and to Braddock's Grave. Braddock's Grave is a little about a mile away, but the Glen is about seven miles from the fort. Um... It's only open in the summer, so that's important to note. If you're there in another season, you can't hike to the Glen, but it is open during the summertime. We did not go because it was we were there fairly late in the afternoon, and we were continuing on to our hotel, so we couldn't do a seven-mile hike. I personally enjoyed learning more about this historical event, and I had previously known, as I said, very little about it other than... When I found the site and we looked at the internet, found out it was part of the French and Indian War. So it was it was interesting to me to learn a little bit more about that part of the history. I think the French and Indian Wars is a lot of times glossed over in history books because the Revolutionary War is so much is so close to it. A much bigger battle for us here in the US ultimately. Although since this pushed out the French, it did it was a precursor to the Revolutionary War in many aspects. So I thought it was interesting to just think about a very young George Washington and what he would go on to do and how the events of these, of this, at this fort necessity and also his fighting on the Monongahela river and the rest of his fighting in the French and Indian war would shape a lot of what he did later on. So it's a nice stop. If you're headed out that way, it's not a very big diversion. It takes you maybe 30 minutes out of your way. And it is a really beautiful site. The visitor center is very well done, especially for such a small battlefield setup. So definitely would check it out. And our next episode will be about our visit to Antietam. Until then, happy travels. Mm-hmm.